All right, hello and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you again on another Friday night. Um, I've been out of town for almost a week now, and uh, it's good to be home. I get to see my babies and uh, my uh, beautiful wife, And uh, but I'm back with you now here. It's 9 p.m. on the uh, Eastern Standard Time, I guess you would say, on the East Coast as close as I can be to the coast. I was actually down in Virginia Beach, so I was right on the eastern coast uh, all week long. But I'm back now, back in the state of Pennsylvania. And uh, so tonight we're going to cover a few things. Uh, First and foremost, we're just going to make sure we uh, plug all the different spots where you can listen to this this broadcast. So um, the first place, obviously, podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Uh, Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast, and then uh, you can look it up there, also on Apple Podcast, whatever they call themselves now. Uh, It used to be iTunes, but now it's Apple Podcast. Under the same name, excuse me a second, under the same name, Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast, you uh, search for that and you'll find it uh, there on Apple podcast. Also, um, let this mind be in you, the, um, my Yahoo account, L T M B I Y at Yahoo. If you want to email me and, um, I've been answering a few questions from a, um, a gentleman, a brother in Christ over in Croatia. Uh, so that's been very interesting. It's been great to, uh, be communicating back and forth. I don't know if he's on here, um, I see you, brother James. I checking in. Um, I don't see this brother on there. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher his name because it's um, it's a Croatian name, which is really interesting because I was actually deployed um, over to Europe and I actually was in Croatia quite a bit. Um, I was up in around Zagreb. I went down to Split. I was up in the northern. Um, Portion. I went out to some island, Maya um, Lachine. Uh, let me. I don't want to butcher this guy's name here, but um, let's see here. Uh, oh, okay. It's Saza Lovronic. I can't pronounce that last name, brother, but brother Saza. Uh, so he's been asking me some questions. So we're going to get into that um, just from the get go here. Um, he asked me a lot of questions this week, um, three to be in, f- uh, in fact, uh, one was talking about, um, uh, mentioning servants in Galatians chapter four and verse seven, uh, which I'll get to here in a moment. He asked about, uh, Timothy, whether he's a Jew or Gentile, that's a, um, it's fairly clear in the Bible, um, you know, with his, who his mom and dad were, it's mentioned in Acts. And so we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, but first, I wanted to address a question. I told him I would uh, address it here um, on this on this page here. Let me get down to his email. Okay, here. Uh, it says, can you explain to me in Romans 5.13, I don't understand how sin is not imputed when there is no law. Does that mean that sin was not imputed to the, these people that were living before the giving of the law? So that's a good question. Um and so I'm going to, I'm going to attempt to just basically go to the Bible and we'll look at that verse uh, that he's talking about there. So turning your Bibles to Romans chapter five and verse 13, and it says, for until the law, 
sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. So, you know, okay, so there's no sin imputed to people before Moses. Well, um, let's go back to the verse that's just right above there, brother. So verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So through that sin nature, when Adam sinned in the garden, that sin was passed down from generation to generation through Adam. For by one man sin entered into the world, as it says there. Um, that's where the sin was. Now, as far as what laws were imputed or as far as what was charged to them. In fact, I got my... Um, let me pull it out here real quick. I looked up the word imputed in the Webster's 1812, which is as close as you can get to 1611. So in the English, um, if you have a question about what a word means, I, don't, I look it up in the Webster's 1812 uh, or 1828, actually, and that's as close as you can get. And it says here, impute is to charge, to attribute, to set to the account of generally ill, sometimes good, we impute crimes, sins, trespasses, fault, blames, etc. to guilty persons. Um, I would say to you, brother, that while there was no law, so there was no imputing of those different sins that they broke, they were already sinners. And they still had to follow what God had commanded to do to Adam. Adam and Eve, he told them, you know, sacrifice a lamb. Um, and you saw that also with Cain and Abel, that Cain brought fruit and uh, fruits of the ground, his own works, his own trying to do that. He didn't obey God. He disobeyed, and um, it wasn't counted for unrighteousness. But Abel, on the other hand, brought the lamb. So um, he was obedient. So that's what God had commanded during that dispensation for up until that time. Now, obviously, we'll get into this later on. Um, you know, people talk about, well, Noah, and there's different dispensations up until um, till the law, and um, but that's a for a different discussion for a different uh, podcast. But that is going to be disobedience. See, it's as simple as that. Either obey what God has to say for that, that for that time period, or don't. And um, so, I would say to you that if you just read that in context, Romans five or yeah, Romans five twelve first. You can kind of see that, yes, while there was no written law that hadn't been given yet, as far as that goes, if you keep reading down there further, as verse 14 says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. We know the second Adam that was to come. It's another discussion for another day, but we can see that in that. So hopefully that kind of clears that up a little bit, that while we can't really... What? How does God judge? He's sovereign. However, He took judged those people, whether they ended up in in um, in hell or Abraham's bosom. That was known later on, which was paradise when they died. Um, that's up for God. Um, I I don't know exactly how that all kind of worked out as far as what sins got imputed. I do know what it says there, though, that by one man sin entered into the world. So they had that sin nature, and so that is why. Um, they needed to come to God and be in obedience to what he said for them to do. So I hope that clears that up a little bit. And if it, if you want something to kind of just transition in Pauline epistles, always go someplace else to see if Paul mentioned some 
uh, talking about the law again. And a good place to go is Galatians 3. So let's turn over there real quick. Um, I just want to take a little bit of time for this question, and then I'll just mention briefly how I answered the other questions. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 in verse 22. It says here, um, but the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith in what he said to do. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you has been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. That's speaking of the Spirit entering into you, by the way. And that happens once. There's no such thing as a second blessing or whatever that... I, I still haven't been able to find that, So unless somebody can show that to me in the Bible. Um but anyways, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for a year all one in Christ Jesus. Now, obviously, there is differences between males and females and so forth and so on. That's not what it's speaking about. It's speaking about that, that we are one in Christ. We are one body. He says that he is the head of that body. Um, we are the body of Christ, figuratively speaking, if you catch my drift. So, through the Spirit... But you see there that the law was given to be the schoolmaster to say, look, you can't keep this law. That's why they had to keep going back and back and back. That's what we've been talking about in the book of Hebrews. So um, just review that again sometime, and you can see that. All right, and the other questions that he had, uh, speaking of, was Timothy a Jew or a Gentile? So this is a, this is a pretty good question because... Um, it, it, it talks about Timothy, but look in Acts 16. Um, this is just something just to, for your biblical knowledge here. Um, but Timothy, then he came to, then came he to Derby, speaking of Paul, and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, so his mom was a Jew, and believed, but his father was a Greek. Okay which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews, which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. So apparently um, he was he was half Jew, half Greek, um, and hadn't been circumcised in the flesh yet. And so that Paul did that in order to not produce this stumbling block. Um, but... Some people say that if your mother is a Jew, then you're of that lineage, but it, it was passed down through father and, and so forth and so on. There's some different arguments about that. It doesn't really matter. Um, what I like is the verse I just read, that Tim, Timothy was in the body of Christ, so there was no such thing at that time and this time as Jew or Gentile. We are one in Christ. So Brother Timothy there was a Christian. It doesn't matter if he was a Jew or a Gentile in Christ. He is a brother. So um, that was one of the questions. Uh, let's see. And the other one was, we are no longer servants in Galatians 4, verse 7, to the law because of Christ. Uh, this is my answer to the question about uh, Galatians 4, where it says, um, why does the Bible say that we are servants, yet in Galatians 4, 7 says that we are no more servants? 
Well, in context, uh, we are no longer servants in Galatians 4 and verse 7 to the law because of Christ. And you can see that through verse 1 through 7. And for time's sake, you can go back to Galatians 1, verse 7 for context. Law is the schoolmaster that brings us to the realization that we cannot keep the law. Again, we just talked about that in Galatians 3 and verse 24 through Galatians 4, 7. See it all? It's one letter, brother. So just don't get confused by the chapter breaks. All right? Just keep reading it in, in context and see if that clears that up for you. We are servants, however, of Christ. That says that in Romans 6 and verse 17 through 23, because we are bought with a price. And that's 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 20 and 7 and verse 23. We belong to him now. To know him, uh, we belong to him now instead of sin. We are new creatures, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. So that should clear that up. We are no longer in bondage to sin. We are no longer servants. Uh, when it comes to the to servants of the flesh, as it says there, although we still have this body of flesh. So I just wanted to take a few minutes and just, and just to talk to you guys out there and those that are listening on this podcast later on or those that are watching live now or will watch this later on, know that I do answer my emails. Now, I try to get to them as fast as I can. Uh, sometimes uh, I don't have a lot of time to write down everything, so I'll try to address them on these podcasts. So be listening in. So if you do send me an email, I will try to get to it as soon as possible. All right, so that's email questions that have been answered. Um, also be looking forward to a video coming out. I might do a live video in order for those uh, next Friday. So Lord willing, next Friday, um, we'll start out with my testimony. And what I'll do is I'll give my testimony, and then that way, if anybody's watching uh, live, they can ask questions. I think it's good. Um, Brother JT and uh, Brother Tim on their channels had talked about, um, you know, people not knowing each other personally. I mean, we're online here, and a lot of people like, well, how do you know if somebody is saved? Well. Usually it's by our testimony, how we live our life, our walk and everything. You can see the fruits, but you obviously you only see me for an hour or so at a time. So those that don't know me personally. And so what I want to do is just give my testimony and just lay it out there and then have the brethren or anybody wants to ask a question um, about where I stand, maybe doctrinally on something or whatever. So that'll be next Friday night at nine o'clock. So if you're watching this later on, Please tune in next Friday at 9 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. And uh, that's going to be how I open up the, the thing. That way that way it can be out there, and if anybody has any questions, they can always respond later on. Okay? So that was the, I said all that, pretty much an introduction. Just kind of wanted to get to those, those emails real quick. Uh, so let's turn over now. Oh, speaking of which, Brother James, I see you on here. Um, so remember we talked about the bounds of the habitations and stuff real quick. I looked this up and I couldn't find what your dad was talking about in Habakkuk, but Deuteronomy chapter 32, if you guys have watched this uh, or listened to the podcast where me and brother James are talking, we talked about the bounds of their habitation. And uh, I just wanted to show that because in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse eight, it says here, Hey, brother Justin. All right. So it says here in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse eight, when the most high divided to the nations, their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, notice that it's not just, it's not talking about 
the Levitical tribe, the tribe of Dan. It is the sons of Adam. So that's all of us, everybody. He sets the he set the bounds of the people according to the number. Check this out of the children of Israel. The number of the children of Israel was there was twelve tribes. So that's where people get the there's twelve divisions of habitations. I. I don't know what all, I haven't really studied a lot of that stuff out. Uh, but when we were talking about that, Brother James, um, that's the verse I was thinking about. So anyways, Deuteronomy 32 in verse 8. Uh, all right, so let's now let's get into the book of Hebrews. So we left off last time around verse 23. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. In your King James Bible, the Bible to the English-speaking people, God's perfect word. Let's see what it has to say to us tonight. I'm excited to get into it. All right. So remember we read um, in verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promise. And we talked about that hold fast last time as a naval term. Um, but we're not this. It's not through our own strength. He holds us and it's it's amazing. But and let us consider this verse 24, one another to provoke unto love and to good works. We spoke about the opposite of that is in Galatians 5 and verse 26, where you can provoke others to bad things. Uh, so come together for the good. And that's why we talked about how we try not to go to church. We try to be the church through the power of the Holy Spirit all the time. So that was last time. In verse 25, let's pick it up there. All right. And I'm going to read this one and then we'll read that. 26 is okay check my notes here all right so verse 25 not forsaking this assembling of ourselves this is still the thought um uh, going back to verse 23 not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting exhorting excuse me one another and so much more excuse me again and so much the more as ye see the day approaching now I have a, this is good for us now. Okay. I just want to talk about that. This is, we need each other. Remember it just said provoke um, unto love and to good works. So this is very uh, good for instruction in righteousness right now. This, this is, this is not like, oh, well, this is for somebody else. And we can just forget about this whole book of Hebrews. No, it, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable. Um, this this may not be what there's a deeper meaning to this. I'm going to get to that in a minute, but the importance of us coming together as the church, being the church is so vital, especially today. Um, although we don't know the day or the hour, we don't know all that kind of stuff. We do know that since he said, I will come again and, <laughs> and he ascended and from that moment on the imminent return, that's the sudden at any moment, return of Jesus Christ could happen because we keep thinking like, well, this, this has got to happen and this has got to happen. This got to happen. No, look, folks, God is sovereign. And as far as I can tell, he can come whenever he wants to. Scripturally speaking, there's nothing hindering or stopping him um, from coming and snatching away his bride. Okay. Catching us up, as it says, the catching away. So since that moment, we see the day approaching in AD 1000, in the middle of the dark ages, they saw the day approaching. Okay. So 
so much the more as you see the day approaching tells me that we should be reaching out to each other all the time through text messages, through callings, through everything, exhorting one another unto good works. Provoke unto love and to good works. That's what we should be doing. Loving each other in the Lord, which doesn't mean that we just turn a blind eye to somebody maybe not living correctly, but because we love them, we want to help them. Okay? And the Bible talks about that a lot, but um, I think of examples in, uh, what is it? Yeah, it's in Corinthians, the first letter of Corinthians, where there's there's gross sin happening within the church body. Paul's not just like, well, as soon as you see that, off with their heads. That's it. Kick them out. No. It said like they're, he was addressing it so that they would address it in love and in truth. Um, I, I equate it to like if you love somebody and you see them about to fall into a pit, you're going to warn them. You're going to say something to them. If you don't love somebody, and I can't even imagine this, but if you saw somebody about to die, if they did one more step and you didn't warn them, you don't love that person. So I, I just, I, that's what it is with unto love and to good works is what it's talking about here. I want to read verses 26 and maybe all the way down to verse 31 because I want to read it first. And then I want to talk about some other things. Now I've said before that Hebrews is for the Jewish people in the time of Jacob's trouble. And I believe that doctrinally speaking, it is profitable, profitable for us. But it's also really important to a Jew, a believing Jew, in the time of Jacob's trouble. Somebody that was not caught away, caught up, a believing Jew, or even somebody else that's believing. They're going to have to do a lot of things, including enduring to the end. So I want you to kind of keep that in mind as we go through these next couple of verses. And I just want you to see something here. It says here in verse 26, because he just got done saying, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Well, what are you supposed to be doing so much more? Exhorting one another. See, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Verse 26, for if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifices for sins. Now, wait a minute, Brother Michael. I thought if somebody is born again there there's no more sins that that it just talked about through this whole chapter how Christ went in one time we don't have, we take on his righteousness well in the time of Jacob's trouble um you need to endure to the end what do you need to endure to the end not to receive the mark we're going to see that here in a second it says here in verse 27, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much more or how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden under foot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. This is some strange language here. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge 
his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now, we could keep reading down here, but I just want to pause here real quick to talk about some. This is for, I believe, now, again, through what this kind of spoke to me when I was reading this, is that this is talking about those that take the mark in the time of uh, Jacob's trouble. Well, why do I say that? Well, we're going to turn to a couple of verses here in a second in, in the book of Revelation. But So we're exhorting one another. Uh, I'm not going through the time of Jacob's trouble. I'm in the bride of Christ. He's not beating his bride for one second, but we're not subject to wrath. It's a, That's another time. For, that's another subject for a different day, but it's going to play into this right now. But since that's the case, where they have to endure to the end. What do they have to endure? Not take the mark. They cannot take the mark. Whatever it's a, like, whatever they do, they cannot take the mark. Well, you can't eat. You can't provide for your family. You can't do a lot of things. So I want to play paint a scenario for you. Let's just say that um, we were not caught away, and we're going through Daniel's 70th week in the time, also known as the time of Jacob's trouble. And I turn to you and I say, uh, we, I, we, we missed it. I believe the, that Jesus is the son of God. He's, he's the, he's the Messiah. He's the one that was promised all these different things. I believe that, um, but the antichrist system comes in and you can't buy or sell and we're struggling and man, we, we can't meet because we're going to get killed and like, well, I'm going to, if I hole away and I squirrel myself away somewhere, I'm going to be really tempted to go and provide for my family because they're starving to death. So the only way to do that is to take the mark. See, but if we come together and exhort each other, like, look, brother, don't, don't do it and be faithful to the end. Even if that end means death, you cannot take the mark. There's no more sacrifice for that sin. That's a sin unto death. And we'll see that right now. All right, sir, turn over to Revelation. Revelation chapter 13. And you'll see why these verses kind of popped out on me like this. Revelation chapter 13. And verse 16. And it says, And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. So, we know this commonly as the mark of the beast. You know, it, it gives a number here in a, uh, right in the next verse. But, you see that. Okay. So, it says that's he's that's the Antichrist, that's what he's forcing on everybody. Um, or else, you're just not eating, you're not buying or selling, you're just starving to death, or... They're going to be finding you anyways for the cause of Christ and uh, putting you to death, as we'll see in other places in Revelation. But turn over to Revelation chapter 14, next chapter, verse 9 through 11. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or on his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture unto the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest, nor day nor night, 
who worship the beast in his image, and who uh, whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Okay, so as we read there in Hebrews chapter 11, yes, uh, sanctified, verse 29, and it says, For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hand of a hands of the living God. So you can kind of see where that's kind of tying in there with Revelation 14. And then in Revelation 15, the very next chapter, verse 2. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that have gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Well, you see the opposite. See, they didn't receive the mark. Uh, they got the chance to be rewarded in heaven, as you can read down through there. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. So this is, after I believe, after the time of Jacob's trouble is over. But you see all them. And what are they singing? They're singing a song of Moses. Um, who would be singing a song of Moses? Jews. Okay. So that's just another little example all right, verse 2 of chapter 16. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worship his image. So you can see they're, they're being judged. They're getting all this stuff poured out on them. Wrath is being poured out upon them. Verse 20 of chapter 19. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, which he hath deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And then in chapter 20 and verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast. Notice that. Neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So as you can see there, the, the differences. So if I'm going to exhort you, again, I'm not going through the time of Jacob's trouble, but if I would be there, um, if I was unsaved and I would go through that time, I would be exhorting you to these verses exactly and say, look, this is the reward. This is what happens if you do receive the mark. So endure to the end. So I just wanted to kind of point that out that so much the more as you see the day approaching in the book of Revelation, I believe is going to come even more alive to those people during the time of Jacob's trouble. They are going to be seeing that. And while they may not know the day or the hour, because the Bible says he shortens days. So there's no member, there's no contradictions in the Bible. Jesus said that no man knoweth the day or the hour. They're not going to know, but they will be able to kind of understand when that day is approaching. They'll know when it's getting close. Um, there's some things that happen in the book of Revelation that if you saw live and in person, you would kind of understand why you would understand. You'd be like, oh, man, it's getting close. It's got to be close. Uh, a bunch of people were caught up out of here. They disappeared at around this time so many years ago, and it's got to become, and they're going to be crying out. And then the nation of Israel as a whole, this is a little bit of a side note, will call out to Jesus Christ. And then he says that he'll come in the clouds. 
and they will look upon him. This is an Old Testament reference, and I'm, I'm sort of paraphrasing, but he says, then they'll look upon him whom they have pierced. They'll see Jesus coming. The whole world will. When they finally cry out, the nation of Israel, Jacob, the Israelites finally say, you are our Messiah, our King. You are the one. We, we crucified you. We didn't listen. But as a nation, as a whole, they'll finally call out for salvation as a nation. Call, and here he comes. And, man, that's an awesome thing to read in the book of Revelation when he does. And, um, man, get excited thinking about it. Um, I'll be viewing that from somewhere else. Okay? I'll be viewing that from the gallery, if you will. So, uh, anyways, uh, verse 31, we read down through there. So let's pick it back up with verse 32, and we'll finish up down through the rest of it. But call to remembrance the former days in which, after ye were illuminated, ye endured a great flight or fight of afflictions. So once they do receive that knowledge of Jesus Christ, and they're exhorting each other not to take the mark, they just remember these things. Ye endured a great fight of afflictions. Partly whilst ye were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst ye became companions of them that were so used. Now, this next verse reminds me of Matthew 25. So we're going to turn over there here in a second. But read this next part. For ye had compassion of me in my bonds, hmm. and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. See what they're going to be exhorting each other? Now let's turn over to ver- uh, chapter 25 of Matthew. I want you to see that. Bonds. Hmm. That should ring a bell. And this is why when Jesus given is giving his Olivet Discourse, um, this in Matthew 24 and 25, it's the time of Jacob's trouble. There's just some folks out there that try to make it that we're in part of that as the bride of Christ, as the body of Christ. We're in that. Um, nope. That's Daniel's 70th week, and I'm going to show you another por- portion that people butcher all the time, and that's verse 31 of chapter 25. It says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Okay. Think about this. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom, that's the kingdom of heaven, that's the earthly kingdom, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me meat, I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. They all start scratching their heads. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in a hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So the brethren there, the people in the time of Jacob's trouble, are going to be exhorting each other, doing good works, loving on each other, 
trying to visit each other in prison, even though they know it might cost them their head. You see, uh, they endured. They visited the bonds. Okay, when it says uh, gazing stock, that's reproaches. Like people are just staring and mocking at him and just, just, just doing all sorts of different things to him and reproaches and afflictions. And partly will she became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing, see, that spoiling of your goods mean the rest joyful giver. They're like, ah, this is all I have left. Here's a, some meager stuff because they're not going to feed them in these prisons. So the brethren are going to come in and probably get arrested themselves or different things. But that's the part of what they would be doing. Um, and then it says, um, knowing in yourselves, see, they know why they're doing this, that ye have a heaven, have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. What is the promise? The promise of heaven. Turn right back to Matthew 25. It says, uh, uh, let's see, yes. Here's the promise. Come ye blessed of my father. This is verse 34. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from, from the foundation of the world. That same promise he gave to Abraham. And that land over there. A lot of it. That's the promise. And that's the kingdom of heaven. So, again, call me a dispensationalist or I'm a biblicist. Okay? That speaks to me from the Bible. Now, if it's, if it's telling you something else and you think that I'm off biblically, let me know. But, uh, dispensationally speaking, the people in the time of Jacob's trouble, will be reading that to each other saying, look, I'm exhorting you. Do not take the mark. I know you're starving here. Here's a little bit of the meager food that I have left. Don't go take the mark. Endure to the end, brother. Yep. For yet a little while, verse 37. Oh man. This is what gets me every time for yet a little while. So I doubt you'll be seeing this video or listening to this podcast in the time of Jacob's trouble. I'm sure they'll remove all this stuff. I don't even know even before the time of Jacob's trouble, if they'll remove all this, but if you're out there and you haven't received Jesus Christ as your savior, do it now before he, before he snatches his bride out of here, because they're going to go through some afflictions, major persecutions, tribulations that the world that has never seen before he's going to pour out his wrath upon this earth he's going to judge him in order to get the people of israel the children of israel to understand who jesus was which by the way that's what hebrews talks about the entire time of who jesus is and how he's better see that Man, the book of Hebrews is coming alive, and we're going to get into chapter 11 uh, at some point. That's why it's becoming so much more alive to me. Reading it in this context, every time I read Hebrews, I just get more and more and more from the Word of God as the Spirit teaches. This verse, verse 37, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. A little while. There are going to be enduring affliction. 
But this can also be used, again, like I said, this is still important for us. And now, in this time period, looking for that blessed hope, which is the catching away. It's just a little while. It's just a little while. There have always been people to say, where is the promise of his coming, as it says in the Bible? Just a little while. And he shall come, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Simply saying, he's going to come when he's going to come. He won't tarry a second earlier or, or, or later or, or come earlier. He's going to come. Now, the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. See, if you try to read this now and say, well, if I draw back, that means his soul. By the way, we spoke about that in one of our, our latest podcasts about the soul. Shall have no pleasure in him. Man, we can lose our salvation. No, 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 no. No, not in this time period. But in the time of Jacob's trouble, and they sit there and they say, I can't take it anymore, and they go and they take the mark, they do it willingly. They sin willfully, as it says there. For if we sin willfully after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifices for sin. You're getting God's wrath on you. You're going to hell. You're getting all those different judgments that it talks about the angel pouring out. Wow. Now, it says in verse 39, But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. The son of perdition, that's the Antichrist, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So, they do have to have saving faith. Believe. But they need to not take the mark. And that's going to be very hard to do. Imagine, if you will, you are starving. I've been in that position before where I've been without food. I went to a survival school where for almost a week we barely had anything to, to live on. And it was rough. But now I want you to imagine your kids starving. The thought of that right now, to me, I would do almost anything in this world. In fact, just about anything, I, I can't count it out that I would do in order to help my kids stay alive. So in the time of Jacob's trouble, what does that consist of? Hmm. Not good. That consists of me taking the mark, my wife taking the mark, my kids taking the mark. See, for those that out there that believe that born-again believers can go through the time of Jacob's trouble, you're going to have to explain to me how you believe that we also have eternal security. Because if you are born again, as it's talking about here, you are have saving faith, but you take the mark, that's it. You will suffer the wrath. So there is not eternal security for those that just believe. We are to have uh, saving faith now, call upon the name of the Lord. In that time, the same thing. They're going to have to have that calling upon the name of the Lord. They're going to have to have that faith in his shed blood, his death, his burial, his resurrection. But they also have to endure to the end whether that's in death 
or when he comes. Um, and that's the second advent, which means the second coming, as we saw there in verse 37. So just think about that. Just think what you would do. We think we're so tough. We think that we have such great faith, but yet we can't go throughout the day without shirking from our responsibilities of being an ambassador and like, oh, I should give that person uh, the good news, the gospel. I should talk to him about, no, no, I better not. And you're going to endure all the time of Jacob's trouble stuff? Come on, folks. Come on. So that's it with the Hebrews chapter 10. Again, that's an admonition to me now to build my faith because I think about what those that have to go through that time of Jacob's trouble that have not received Christ as their personal Savior before he comes and catches his bride away. I think about that, and I'm like, whoa, what are they going to have to endure? The gazing stock, reproaches, afflictions, beheading, as it talks about in Revelation. I mean, all sorts of different things. And by the way, those wrath that's getting poured out upon the earth is not just... um, it doesn't say, well, only the Christians, uh, only the Bible-believing Christians over here, they don't they don't receive any of that stuff. There's a few of those that they say there's, uh, they're safe from, but everything else is affecting them. Drought, famine, all those pestilence and all that kind of stuff, we're, they're going to be experiencing all that stuff. So, um, which is a good uh, correlation to the book of Exodus and those plagues there. So... Anyways, that's the book of Hebrews chapter, or at least chapter 10. Next time, we're going to get into Hebrews chapter 11, um, the hall of faith. There's been called different things like that. We're going to talk about a few different things there. We're just going to read it for what it says and go with that. Okay, so I'm not going to get too deep, like I said, in some of these um, these scripture uh, teachings Um at least on these Friday nights, but that's what the email is for. So ltmbiy at yahoo.com and uh, email me your questions there. Or right now we got about 14 minutes left. I'm open to questions right now. So if anybody wants to uh, drop a question into the, uh, the chat, um, I'll see it here and I'll read it off and then we'll try to answer it. Um, as I'll try to answer as best I can from the word of God. And if I don't know, I'll just say, I don't know. I'll have to look into it and I'll write it down. So if anybody that's watching right now has a question, go ahead and type it in. If not, ask anything. I don't know. Uh, we got, like I said, about 14 minutes left and then we'll, we'll close it down. Or if there's no questions out there, we'll close it down a little bit early, which is okay as well. But, um, I really enjoyed the book of Hebrews. Um, there's so much more we could talk about. And again, we have to just skim the surface on this, but I encourage you. I want to give you again, my heart on this matter of this channel and what this ministry is about. What I, I want to push Bible believing born again, believers to the word of God. Let this mind be in you that which, which was in Christ Jesus. Brethren, we have the mind of Christ. Remember, we have the Holy Spirit that's going to teach us his word. So get into it. Study, 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 study. Go out there. Be ambassadors. Be the church. 
come together with like-minded individuals, saved individuals, admonish them, exhort them to good works, all those things that we should be doing. That's what I want to encourage people to do. That's what this is all about. Of course, point people to Jesus Christ, lost. Hey, you don't want to be here during the time of Jacob's trouble. You don't want to go another day without Jesus Christ because tomorrow is not promised. There's Things can happen and you can go off into eternity and without the shed, shedding of Jesus' blood, his blood being applied to you, his righteousness, taking care of your sins, you're still viewed as a sinner. And God cannot be in the presence of sin. So it's a it's a fearful thing to open your eyes after you die in hell. And I don't want to see that to anybody. Nobody. Nobody. I love you. Okay? I love you. That's why I'm warning you. The house is on fire. Get out. The only way to get out is through his help. Okay? He's the only way. You can't get out on your own. You can't apply enough of your righteousness because it's just all filthy sin. As we read at the beginning of this podcast, and we talked about by one man sinning into the world, by Adam, we all have that sin nature. The law, once you understand it and you understand that you can't keep it, that's the schoolmaster. Once you finally understand that, it says, um, that's in Romans 7. I don't want to, I don't want to mention that today. Um, but it's, uh, once you understand that you are a sinner in the eyes of God and you understand who you are, that's it. The Holy Spirit's starting to deal with you from that point on and, um, come to Jesus Christ, a broken sinner today saying, just cry out to him. There's no magic words I can tell you to say any either. If the Holy Spirit is convicting you of your need of a Savior right now, cry out to Him. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I just read you the Word of God. He died for your sins. He took the payment, the 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 pain. He took your place, so you wouldn't have to suffer for all of eternity. It's a free gift. But you have to ask. It's a free gift, but you have to ask. Um, so that's what this is all about. All right, well, I don't see any questions being posted in the chat. Um, if nobody's got any questions, just don't forget that you can always ask me later on on the, on the podcast. Um, if you're watching this later on and you want to just leave a question down in the comments. Or you can go to the Facebook page. Uh, which is Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that on Facebook. You can leave me uh, a chat there, a question there, uh, comment. Uh, you can also LTMBIY, that's the email address. Um, or you can listen to this on podcast.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S.com, Apple Podcast, Let This Mind Be In You Ministries Podcast, the whole nine yards. Uh, don't forget also... Um, Again, I'm not sponsored. I'm, I'm I'm not monetized on this on this channel. I don't want to be. I want to be supported by the brethren. If you feel like there's a a need, if God lays a necessity 
as it says, the necessity of the saint. Paul was collecting for that. Um, there's a, a, a way you can do that. And that's going to be on the PayPal link, which is on this channel. You can see the little link that's up there in the right-hand corner of the the title page, I guess you would say. the, And it's also in the About section. So if you feel led, um, if you feel led to... Uh, to give towards that every single cent that comes in is going to be placed right back here into this ministry. Um, so if, if I come up with a need, I would say it, but if God leaves you a need on your heart and you're like, you know, I bet you something, God's laying this on my heart. I think he needs this and you want to give towards that. That's fine. And, uh, I appreciate it. Um, okay. Let's see here. We do have a few things here. Brother James, Hard to have a question when you're coming straight from the scripture. Well done. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, all praise and honor and glory to him. Uh, thank you, Brother James. Uh, Justin 16.11 says, How do you get past the feeling of not being a good being good enough to witness of Christ? I guess it would it be. So, how do you get past the feeling of not... Oh, okay. This is a really good question. I th So, what I understand you're saying is, that you're not good enough, you don't think you're going to have the words to witness uh, for Christ. Um, I'm an introvert by nature. And what that means is, is that I don't, by nature, like talking to strangers. Um, that's why I think that there's there's things called like a divine appointment where if you feel like, you in natural conversation with somebody, you just meet somebody, let's just say at a grocery store and you strike up a conversation you're like, I, I don't normally strike up conversations with people, but something interesting happens or whatever. And the conversation comes around to like, well, Hey, um, so I noticed this, or I noticed that about you. Are, are you one of them Christians? And then you know that the spirit's leading into you into talking about it. Um, then it's just, you're not counting on you being good enough. You're counting on the spirit being good enough, brother Justin. And, uh, he'll give you the words as Moses said, um, in Exodus, he said, like, I, I have an uncircumcised lips. Like I, I, I can't, I stammer and I, I stumble over my words. And God said, I'll give you the words. I'll give you the words. And he's, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then he said, I, I'll, I'll give you Aaron. I'm not equating Aaron to the Holy Spirit, but God has given us the Holy Spirit. And in Timothy, I believe it is, he says he has not given us the spirit of fear. So, Brother Justin, um, I would say try to live a, a sanctified life as you can through the power of the Spirit. Be in the Word of God every day. Study and let this Holy Spirit lead you when you're, when you're talking. Of myself, I can't... I get nervous and being in front of this camera, even like nobody in the room, I get nervous. But I try to just go to the word of God and just give that. So the more you study, the more verses will come to your mind because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as you build your faith, it's easier to share with others. Um, or here's here's another thing you could do. What did Jesus do for you? Talk about how your testimony of salvation, of what happened to you when, and once you start talking about what Christ has done for you, 
good luck trying to be quiet. <laughs> I mean, it's it just, oh, I was like this and I, I did this and, and I was like searching and stuff like that. And then one day somebody opened up the word of God and showed me that I was a sinner, but somebody paid that price for me. They, they took my place and that was God in the flesh. And it was just an amazing thing. And ever since then, I'm not perfect, but I can, I have a home in heaven when I die and I'm, I have peace that I can't even understand. That's because you have the Holy Spirit. And so I would say, how do you get past the feeling? Don't trust your feelings. Trust he that is in you. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So if you have one of them divine appointments, you'll know. I mean, you, can, you can't miss it. It's like somebody will just start talking to you about, man, what do you think about this? Well... I don't think anything of my own, but what it says in God's word is this, that, and the other thing. And that will lead into other conversations. And then from there, it's not on you. See? Um, It's not on you to be a good salesman. Just to be a good ambassador. Be an ambassador for Christ, Brother Justin. So uh, I hope that answers your question or at least encourage you a little bit there. Um, Well, you're welcome, brother. Praise the Lord. So... I uh, hope that's a help to you, and um, and anybody that's watching this, I'm not good. Anything of me, in of myself, there's no good thing, as Paul said. I think I, I kind of butchered that verse a little bit too, so paraphrasing. But uh, there's nothing good in me, in this flesh. I fail all the time. I can't count on my how good I am. I just talk about how good he is. Talk about the king. Brother Justin, talk about the king who sent you out into this foreign land to be an ambassador and represent well. And that's uh, that's the encouragement that I have for you. And that it's convicting to me too. just so many times I I fail on that. And, you know, a just man falls seven times, but you get back up through the power of the spirit. And Lord, forgive me for not taking that opportunity. Give me another opportunity, Lord. Give me the strength. Give me the words to say, Lord, whenever it is you present me with another opportunity. And um, that'll help you. Okay. All right. So we're just about done here unless somebody else has another question. I'll take a few seconds here to see if anybody else wants to post anything. If not, we are going to call it a night here in a few minutes. Let's just call it and wrap it up. All right. So don't forget all this different stuff, all the different ways to watch or listen to this uh, this podcast. Um, I hope that God showed you something from his word tonight uh, or whenever it is you watch or listen to this. Um, those that are listening, um, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. I thank you for that. Um, and of myself, though, this is not on me. So I give all honor and glory and praise to the Lord uh, for making this happen. And I pray um, that I spoke everything that he wanted me to say tonight and not a single thing more or less. So with that, um, you know what? Let's let's close in a word of prayer. And so those that are joining me here on, on YouTube or maybe later on, uh, let's just close out in a word of prayer and just give thanks to the one who died for us. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity again to open your word. Lord, thank you for your perfect word that you've preserved for us. Lord, thank you so much for dying for me, 
dying for those that are watching, dying for the sins of the world, because you were that second Adam. Lord, thank you so much for giving the opportunity to even speak. You've given this opportunity. You've given the words. Lord, I pray that you give us the words as we go out and we witness. Lord, help my brother there to be bold, to be an ambassador for you this week. And all of us, Lord, help us through the power of your spirit. We ask all these things in your precious son, Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, folks. Thanks for joining me here on Let This Mind Be In You. Um, I really appreciate those that join me live and those that watch this later or listen later on. God bless you. Be a good ambassador. Be worthy of the vocation with your call. All right. That's it. God bless.